Today is a very critical day. I welcome you as through the Spirit of God, we look into the heart of God in a topic called the end of charismatic voodoo. And in this particular contemplation today, I will need a very seasoned lawyer. I will also need a very intelligent professor. The good thing is we have both and they know themselves. It is often a rare privilege and you have the honor of a professor in your midst. It's better you thank God because it means it's likely that God sends him or her your way or the conversation you are having is stimulating and is intelligent. Yes, I know that names have been overrated in the world. But I also know that there are some things that are not cheap to have. Professorship is one of them. The second that I know that is not cheap to also have is a very intelligent and seasoned lawyer. It's a different thing to go to school to study law. It's another thing to be able to have a curious mind of looking at issues over and again. And I'm not flattering, if you know me very well, I do not do any of such. God has delivered me from flattery many, many years ago. I used to be the king of flatterers. But I thank God for perfecting his son in me so I can speak, except I don't have anything to say. Therefore, Fumi, get ready. I will need you. And Auntie Larry, I will need you as well when time comes. What will I need you to do? I will need both of you to unmute your mic when time comes. And I will need you to help me to look at a very critical logic. I would raise a prayer and I will want everybody to pray with me. And that prayer is that God must deliver Nigeria from illogical soundness and stupidity from foolishness and inability to understand. I look at my nation and I see a people that have so much invested so much of their energy in brilliance, forgetting that intelligence is greater than brilliance. How can you have a people whose church believe in not being part of any major impactful, influential parts of their lives. How can you have a church that has so much power 
but lack the will and the willingness to surrender it to God and for social reconstruction of a country. Check all through the Bible if there is ever a time that the church is not instrumental to the emancipation of a nation. May God deliver Nigeria from foolishness in this generation. May God set us free from a very poor logic, horrible, terrible logic, logic that doesn't add up. May our generation and our children, children, may they rise up to show the intelligence and the beauty of God's intelligence in very impactful and influential part and portion of the nation and of our lives. In the name of Jesus, are you praying? Because part of what we, part of what led us to this point is foolishness, stupidity, lack of logic. As someone can remove his brain, like he's removing the, 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 the shoes when, 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 when Muslims go to mosques. That illogical soundness must die. It must die in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I start with my young lawyer. When you look at the Bible with your legal mind, is Bible an activist book or a pacifist book? Is, is Bible docile? When you look at the words of Jesus, when you look at the audacity of Jesus, uh, is there any part of the book that suggests to you that Bible is illogical and it is it's just meant to be read with no exchange of energy, with no impartation of ideology, with no uh, 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 confirmation of resolve to rise up and do something. Please, I would like you to uh, speak to this discourse from Genesis to Revelation, anyhow you want it, okay? Anyhow that comes to your mind, please. Thank you. Yes, sir, uh, good evening. Um, I understand your question to be in two parts. First, is the Bible an activist or a passive writing? Um, I would say that the Bible requires, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word activist just not to bring in the, any other meaning of the word, but I would say that the Bible does require action on the part of um, whoever reads it. And my basis for that is a verse in the Bible that says it's effective for the teaching and rebuking and correcting of the man of God so that he may be equipped 
for every good work. Um, and then as far as how it should be read, um, I would agree that the Bible, I would actually even say that the Bible should be studied rather than passively read, um, studied in partnership and in surrender to the Holy Spirit, um, because that is the only way that you would be able to actually understand what the content of um, the Bible is, is saying in any given season. I believe that everybody could hear my wonderful lawyer very loud and clear. I want us to follow this discourse. The problem is we do not know that when we come before the Lord, we are meant to listen to ourselves. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. God never designed that his people will come and it's only one person that will just be talking, 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 talking. Those that fear God, they spoke one to another and God listened. Now we are engaging. What we are doing is we are putting an end to some foolishness that has culminated into charismatic nonsense and voodoos. And I believe that God has prepared and provided intelligent people in our midst. And I thank God for a rare privilege of having these people. And I'm not flattering. See the way she spoke. She even brought a better use of the word into it. It makes you to act, actions. And I don't want to use the word activism, but then let's talk about action. And I believe it should be studied. Now, the second follow-up question to my young lawyer is, do you believe that it is irresponsibility or a show of good faith when a child of God reads that Bible and he refuses to take action for his own responsibility? Do you think that it is, it is a show of good faith in the word that he believes? when he reads the scriptures and, 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 and he's doing something and he does not want to own up to it, he does not want to be responsible for it, and everything he does, he would always bring in Christianese. He, he's, he's, he's falling and rising, he's falling and rising, and he believes that God would do magic without taking responsibility, without taking action. And any little thing that they hold him responsible, he say, oh, he's the devil, he's the devil that did it, he's the devil that did it. Do you think that it shows intelligence. Do you think it's, do you think it's, 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 not a, it's not a rude waste of somebody's time when somebody lives irresponsibly, especially someone that professes to read and study the Bible, but he refuses to do what is there? Um. I would say it's not just irresponsible. I would say it's actually delusional because the Bible says, be doers of the word, 
not hearers only, thereby deceiving your own selves. Thank you for that short, precise, concise. <laughs> so you see, when I said that I have people that are intelligent, is that flattery? I know what I'm saying. Now, I, my wonderful professor, ma'am, you know what it takes. I'm still coming to my lawyer. You know what it takes to establish a university. Oh. At least I know that you are in the process of, 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 of uh, establishing one and you were a former vice chancellor of a university in one of the African countries. Now, please, ma, educate our mind. Is it possible for anybody to want to own a university in Nigeria and to just sit down and start praying and start praying and start no action, nothing, is not, <laughs> not feeling any form to government, is not doing anything, is not taking action, is not lobbying, is not raising funds, is not constituting committee. Ma, can you please, in, in layman term, can you just please uh, quickly break down uh, in a baby uh, term that we okay. can uh, gain from your wealth of experience what it takes to establish a university? Because suddenly we have our churches establishing university as if, don't let me, just help yeah. us now, just help us, educate us now. In fact, that, that, is the, that is one of the biggest problems that we have. And I, I believe that, you know, God has, you know, identified education as the basic, because ed education affects every other area of influence, every other mountain so-called mountain of influence or every other section of influence that the church is supposed to have education and that was why jesus spent so many years educating the disciples that's what he was doing he was teaching them he was training them you know that is what education you know means to bring out the best in someone you know a process where you bring out the best in someone the best of their gifts, the best of their abilities, the best of you know who they are. Now, to establish a university is one of the things that many people have done so haphazardly that they have actually produced you know, this, the, the graduates that they have produced are a danger to themselves. You know, not only a danger to the to 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 the community or to the nation a danger to themselves because they are all one quarter baked, you know, that kind of a thing. It's, it's like eating raw food and they're not, you can't digest it or, you know, certain foods that are, you know, that you cannot eat raw and then you can't digest it. And it's, you know, gives a lot of problem because you can't go back to reform them or to remake them. Now, what I have learned, I learned from the failure of a university that I went to. I was formerly in Niger Delta University where I helped, I worked with three vice chancellors to build you know, credibility. This was a very small state university. When they started, of course, you know, in the same manner, no planning, no understanding of, what, of the kind of graduates they want to produce and what those graduates will be doing. 
no understanding of what the nation really needs or their environment or what you know the target what 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 do you want these graduates to become when they graduate what are you targeting are you targeting that for them to be in agri the agricultural sector so that they can you know begin to think about how to use the resources of the land and bring wealth you know create wealth that will become common for the people no what i found is that most people just sit down and they say oh and these people they need a university we can do it universities make money let us just start especially in nigeria well not even only in nigeria because i had that experience in gambia you know and they and they just go and you know get one building somewhere and say you know we, we have just started they begin to gather people employ staff that they don't have money to pay you know and then they begin to just you know like oh we're just going to we're going to rough it we're going to work it out but then and it is just absolute nonsense because god is not like that god is a planner and even when when he gives you a, a vision or when he gives you what he wants you to do that he has put in you he expects you to come back to him and sit with him after you have received, accepted the mission, you know, of the, the vision that he has given to you, expect you to come back, you sit down with God and map out a blueprint because God is excellent. He, he does not do things half haphazardly. you know. He, he doesn't do shabby things. He does not do things in a way that anyone would point and say, ah, and they say, you know, and so, and this is what God could do. You know, this is, this is, this is what God could do. No, when God gives you a vision, he expects excellence and you have an, you know, you are, you're expected to have an excellent spirit, just like in the days of Daniel, when they went to the university in Babylon and they set themselves apart. Okay. You set yourselves apart in the fact that spiritually you are connected to the God of the universe. And then, but they studied as the Babylonians studied. They, they excelled in everything because they were connected to a divine mandate that the Babylonians could not understand. But they excelled in every area. So for me, when I when I when I left Niger Delta University and the Lord said, you know, leave, we had we had set up systems that worked. I, I remember that um, the last vice chancellor I worked with, he wrote a book about you know his experience in the Niger Delta University, and he had to, you know, he practically had to send a message to myself and um, a, a, another sister of mine who we worked together and said, please help me to write out a chapter of what you guys did because without you I would not have succeeded and he didn't understand that my sister and I everything that we wanted to do we will take it to God God what do you want how do we do this and he will give us ideas and, and we will write everything down and then we will sit down and map out every step of the system that we wanted to you know to put in place we we did things so well 
that um, is it MECO or whatever, they had to come to that to the university to find out how we were doing our post UM is you know, what, what, what was our system because it was so successful. You know, they had to come and find out. Also, they had to the ETF, you know, the ETF funding and education thing, they had to come and find out what we were doing because I was in charge of ETF and the process I put in place that made sure that every student that went out of the country had all the money that was supposed to be due to them sent to the school where they were for the four years or the three years that they were going to be there. And also all their subsistence was sent to the university all at once. And in doing so, we saved the university money to the point that they, there was money left to use for other students. You, in setting up a university, you need to set up systems, operating systems. And that is what, you know, the Lord keeps talking to us about. When, you know, as that, that's what God said, look, the earth is groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What are these sons of God supposed to come and do? They're supposed to come and set things right. They're supposed to come down and put systems right. You know, they're supposed to come and take charge of different systems. Now we're talking about the educational system. What exactly is wrong with the educational system in our country? What is wrong with it? What is wrong with it is kids are not being trained to be able to be really useful. It's rarely, you know, individuals who come out and maybe they have the opportunity to get a bit of um, something else from somewhere that helps them to you know, redefine themselves and understand who they are and then begin to manifest what, you know, they were called to be. And, you know, you, you begin to hear stories of, oh, some are, you know, some are doing good, some are, you know, that kind of a thing. But the whole system as a whole is a failure in the sense that we all come out of university and including myself, we came out of our system, the system that was built, not really knowing what we want to do or how we want to do it or what we're supposed to be doing. And God has determined to say, that is not a viable system. It produces youth who do not know where they belong. And when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be idle and the devil will find work for you to do. And they begin to go into all kinds of things. Now, what should be? At the beginning of, was it last year, we began to have this, this okay, we do a university, we do a university. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what it is? I, I, I didn't get any, you know, anything. And at a point I was like, okay, Lord, I, I don't even, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I just want to, until sometime early this year when I was like, okay, I was, I was really down in the dumps. And I was like, Lord, you know, if I'm not going to be useful here, just take me home and all that. But that particular night I joined, you know, the prayer, um, you know, in Jesus only and everything. And as I was just fellowshipping, as we were speaking along, I realized that a lot of the experiences that DB had had I had also had at about the same age, when I was that age, 
And as he continued to speak and I was, you know, I, I just broke down and said, okay, Lord, I'm right where you want me to be now, what? You know, and that kind of thing. And in the midst of that, he said, you know, but I've given you a university. Go do it. And I said, like, how? <laughs> and he said, take it first, you know. And I realized that I wasn't even responding. Then I said, oh, Lord, 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 thank you, thank you. I receive it. I received it. And then I said, okay, now I've got this. Lord, what do you want? Yes, I know the processes in universities. I know, you know, what what and what should be put in place. I know there is a whole lot to it and it does not, you know, it, 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 it doesn't just pop up. So I said, Lord, what do you do? I said, write down the things, the type of university that it's going to be. So I began to write down, what does he want? How does he want it? One, it's a university where when the young, when they come in, the first thing that is going to happen is to help them understand who they are. Secondly, understand what their gifts are, what God has put in them to manifest. When they have understood that, then we begin to take them through a process. The processes that are very most important for us is that no matter what course you are going to do, there will be a side to it. There will be an entrepreneurial side to it. What is going to happen? They're going to be taught productivity and quality assurance, which is going to run through the, all, the, all the years that they spend in school. They're going to do national development, a national transformation. And that also is going to run through the years they are in school. Then they are going to do what I call thinking to results. <laughs> because we have an ability to think. God gave us a gift to create. And that gift comes in, it comes into play when we imagine, when we sit and allow our thoughts in God to to, 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 to produce in quietness. You know, if, if you practice even spending 15 minutes every day, just being quiet before the Lord and just, you know, articulating in your mind what he's, what he's saying, the thoughts that he's infusing. Because you see, God keeps sending thoughts into us. He keeps sending energy he, he, he at he, at his own frequency he has been speaking things you know they may take a bit of time to reach you because you are you, you are human and you are you are you know you are i don't know how many light years away from god but as he he's speaking these things the things that he has spoken in the past are the things that we are getting now because it takes some time to for it to travel and get to us and as we so he's always speaking god is a speaking god he's always speaking he's always speaking he's always speaking it is us that don't have the capacity to be able to absorb everything he speaks all at once and in fact that is why god allowed the bible to be written because that is the only way we would have been able to experience him he, he gave us this to be able to sit look at, read it, study it, and ask questions 
of him. Like, okay, what do you mean here, God? What do you really mean? What are you talking about here? Because this Bible is like a, I don't know. I, let me put it this way. It's like a love letter from God to us. It's like God telling us, see, all these, this is who I am, introducing himself. This is how I am. This is, these are, this is how I walk. You know, this is what I have for you. But I need you to read it and discover because that is how I have made you so that you discover these things and you begin to bring them out. And you can, if you ask me about them, we will be in this relationship and then we will fulfill your destiny, which I have already written in your books, like in Psalm 139, you know, I've written things about you already, which I've written in my books in heaven. You can ask for those books to be opened and you can read those books and know what is in your book in heaven and what are the things that you're supposed to be manifesting here on earth. So God, in fact, God was the first person who wrote books, you know, so now, you know, we're writing books and every time we think it's all, all, no, God wrote the first books. So this is why God has written this manual. This manual is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, how things should work. There is nothing that there is nothing that we need to work or any system we need to put in place in this world that is not in this book. God taught Jacob how to use his imagination to create things like he does. It's a process that God taught Jacob. And today, people are shouting all over the place, how to do this. Um, oh, these people are new agers. You know, the new age, this thing. It's not anything new age. It is all in the Bible. They stole it. They stole it. It is ours. We are, we are the best people to be able to sit and imagine what God has given us and bring it to pass by connecting with the spirit of God on every issue. So, there are three areas where we're going to be developing students. And so we now sat down and first of all, we wrote a concept note, a concept that expressed what we wanted to do in this universe. And that concept note was like 10 pages, highlighting the things that we, we want to do. And, you know, just in short form, this is how we're going to do it. Then putting a, a plan with, uh, with, with milestones, you know, milestones. First, what are we going to do? Second, what are we going to do? How, third, what are we going to do? Fourth, you know, how long should it take? All those line, you know, line by line, precept upon precept, you know, line upon line. There is nothing, I don't understand how people just jump, you know, like my former university, how they just jumped and say, oh, just go and start. Oh, go and do the, where is, where are your books? Where are, you, where are your plans? Where are the things that, you want to achieve, how do you want to do it? So now we started step by step. But what the beautiful thing about what God has for us is that when he has given you this vision and you has, he has given you the blueprint and he has told you, you know, begin to walk step by step, he begins to guide you. He begins to arrange things for you. He begins to line up things. Your angels go out and begin to connect you with the right people. You know, you begin to connect, you know, there's no coincidence anywhere. He begins to lead you to places where you connect with this one, connect with that one, connect with. And that's exactly what happened till we now got our board formed. 
by the grace of God. <laughs> so we, you know, we, 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 we now divided up, we now sat down and, I, you know, I would, there were, there are days that I would just practically sit down with the Lord and say, okay, what next? And I will, you know, pray and pray, ask him, talk with him. You know, when I don't know what to do, I'm not really getting it clear. I pray in the spirit as he, as he leads me until I can understand what he is saying. You know, until I can understand what he's saying. It's not that God is not speaking. It is my ability to be able to understand it. So I have to ask him for understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. And when I do that, I, I, I walk through it until I'm able to get the picture of what he's saying. And when I get that picture in my mind, you know, I meditate on it. I think on it. I talk to him about it. And I begin to get further instructions. And so because of that, we were able to do the following. First of all, we began to talk to people as he led us. People who were interested. People who will walk, you know, will walk um, like my, my sister. You know, I, I got connected to Anita on, the, on this platform when we were doing the education thing. You know, I mean, talking about um, Christian intelligence. And she, she puts it like this, people who will work with you, I'm locked in, you know, I'm, I'm locked together, I'm locked in arm, you know, that kind of a thing. So we, we, we began to do that. And now, and then we, we divided up the work. Yeah, then the Lord spoke to me and said to me, I said, Lord, now we are here. We have so much to do. There, you have to write out policies. You have to plan you have to put write a strategic plan. Where do you want the university to be in five years? You have to write out the courses that you want, the curriculum that you want, you know, different things, all aspects. You, you are looking at the IT. You are looking at infrastructure. You are looking at regulations, admission criteria. You are looking at uh, marketing and you are looking at uh, staffing. And then you are looking at where are the students going to come from? And how are you, you know, looking at accommodating the students, accommodating the staff? So many areas. So we wrote down everything, one by one. Yes. We are, in, we are still planning. We are in this planning stage. And we are going to plan as long as God keeps giving us, you know, God, God has been giving each one of us. And many of the people that are on this platform and that are on the board are, you know, people who are growing to be sons of God. They are, some of them are even, you know, when I, I look up to them <laughs> because, you know, they are, I mean, they, they are operating at a level that's, you know, I know that yes, you know God is doing something, and we are in different different countries, you know. But it's fine, and it's so coordinated by God. And then the Lord said to me, He said, "Use Nehemiah." He said, "Go and read Nehemiah." So I read through the book of Nehemiah, and then He said, "Use the principles of how Nehemiah went and repaired, you know, the the repair the walls. Use that principle to organize." the board and give everybody you know assignments and that's exactly what we did so everybody wow. is in the area and they're working we're all working at the same time there's a group working on curriculum 
there's a group working on productivity and um, quality assurance. You know, there's a wonderful sister. I think I've told DB about her, that she's one of those, she's, she's like me. She, we, we, we grew up in the same atmosphere in the university, you know, and we're still friends till today because, you know, <laughs> we just walk according to how God, they, her, her company, they're doing what they need to do, you know, and there are people working in IT, there are people working in um, 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 ent entrepreneurship, business, what kind of businesses the university is going to start with. We've written a proposal already, first of all, on, on plantain uh, production, because God has spoken to us that agriculture is the thing, is one of the main things that we need to look at. So we're going into all that. We are writing up, you know, all kind. we're writing up businesses in different areas. You know, we're going to just as many proposals as we can because the students also, when they come in, they're going to be encouraged to either participate in whatever it is that is going on or write their own and we find funds to support. And then some other people are looking for the investors. Some other person is getting the land, <laughs> you know, and uh, already we, you know, uh, God was just giving us favor as we were going on because it is his project. And every time somebody says, oh, um, someone says, Professor Rita, this, this, your, your project, I said, this, stop it. Don't call it my project. Because if you do, I have to look for the money to fund it. And it's, it's not mine. Right. <laughs> it belongs right. to God. So let him look for the money to do it. Because the day I started worrying about how are we going to fund this thing? How are we going to do it? Hey, God. This, and then he sat me down and said, what's your problem? I gave you work to do. Will I not provide you know, for, for it? So sit down. <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord, take over. So, so far, so good. In fact... We, I told everyone, I said, we are going to so do everything properly because God is a God. God is excellent. He is mighty. He is El Shaddai. He, okay, look at how he created the heavens. See how he created even the flowers and everything. Have you ever seen such perfection? He's perfect. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect. You know, and then we, we don't want to push tabby things. No, it's not going to happen. So we are on it. We set out all Thank that you. and we are planning and planning according as God has been taking us. And yeah. each time we want to take a step, everything just falls in place. We take a step, it just falls because it is God's. And we keep on giving him the glory, the honor. Even when we meet, I tell them first thing, we have other people of other religions in the group. When we come, I tell them, sorry, we are going to honor God because he, this is his project. So Anyhow you want, talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, that's, that's Thank you so of, much. It takes a lot. Thank you, man. Set up a <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. As you were, as you were speaking, someone, someone typed uh, huge, uh, not small work at all. <laughs> um, uh, lawyer, my lawyer. Uh, you studied in the U.S. Interestingly, I'm speaking to both of them from the United States of America. Professor is in the U.S. Fumi is also in the U.S. Yes, um, you, you listen to Professor speak about university, the pupils or the, the students coming in and how, you know, the, the society plans 
okay, how the establishment of the university has a societal ideology um, uh, such that the students come in and they are result-driven, okay? They are solution-driven. You studied in the United States of America, correct? Yes, sir. Good. Uh, is your school or the impact of your study in, in that country, is it what professor was talking about uh, concerning how a university influences a student to be constructive or to be supportive or to be productive, okay, to his country, okay, and to his society. Do you think that your education uh, resonates with what professor is talking about? Do you, does it ever occur to you that, what did I go to study in the university again? I don't know. Like, did I, I mean, I don't know why I even went to university. Do you, do you does that, I mean, is that your story? Yes, sir. Um, I would say in addition to things like, I think there's undergrad where you have your major, and then some people will minor. Um, your major is usually relevant to whatever profession you're going to um, enter into once you graduate. And then in law school, interestingly, to professor's point, in addition to your curricular requirements, um, which are a number of doctrinal classes, which is what we call the core law classes, criminal law, torts, constitutional law, et cetera, et cetera. In addition to the doctrinals, you also have a number of electives that you have to take. But then aside from the core curriculum, you're required to do um, 75 hours of pro bono work um, where you dedicate 75 hours of your time before graduation to a pro bono effort sponsored by the law school. And the reason for that is because as a licensed attorney, anywhere that you work will also have a pro bono requirement, which um, is due to the fact that as a lawyer, part of your oath is to uphold the constitution, um, but also to provide advocacy for those who um, cannot afford it. And so the pro bono requirement imposes on licensed attorneys, even if you work in corporate law like I do, um, a responsibility to dedicate at my firm, it's 25 hours a year to legal efforts to represent people who otherwise would never be able to afford your rate um, at no charge to them. Um, and so that's just an example, I think a, a tangible example of what the professor was saying, which is that um, the, the universities are not just meant to teach you a certain trade or profession, but also meant to impress upon you a responsibility that you have to the larger society and also prepare you to meet that responsibility upon graduation. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, my lawyer, <clears throat> help me further to... Thank <laughs> you. 
shed more light into how university or how children of God, okay, that have that are brought up with the Bible as their central ideology, and have gone to school, and I expected to be productive and to be actionable, okay? Both mm-hmm. on the aspect of the Bible and the, the university that they graduated from and everything to be productive. Does it, is it, is the logic sound when we find Christians that are not, that are, completely aloof in major areas that affect the society. What what informs a child of God to read the Bible, be educated, seemingly brilliant, and shown astute intelligence by going to university and graduating only to cocoon in his corner, in his cubicle, and believe that he's not meant to be in politics, he's not meant to be governance, he's only meant to be in church, he's not meant to do anything, okay, other than to pray that God will just give us good leaders. Please, mm. is, is that logic? Does it make any sense based on you know, your legal mind of looking at things? Is there any justification for, 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 for taking this position of standing aloof? Does it, does it speak to reason? I would say it doesn't. I think... Um... I think it would come from what I would call, for lack of a better word, an over-spiritualization of um, our assignment as believers on this side of eternity. As we were speaking, there was one verse that came to me, and it says that the religion that God accepts is pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And I think that's um, a verse that I go to often as a reminder that um, it's, it's more than sort of going to church and praying for better leaders, but rather asking what is the way that you can fulfill your God-given assignment, whether that be as a quote-unquote man of God or a political leader or a nurse or a lawyer. Um, Because I believe that if you have a job, the point of the job is not to provide for your needs financially because God doesn't need a job to provide for your needs financially. So if you are stationed somewhere as an employee I believe that a question that you should consistently ask yourself is, why has God put me here in this season and at 
and at this time. Um, and so I, I, to, to quickly answer your question, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a function of an over-spiritualization of what our assignment is. And um, if we're paying attention to what the word of God said and looking at the life of Christ as an example, then uh, we would understand that our assignment is bigger than, is bigger than that. Before I go to Professor again, uh, help me please one more time to, as you, have, as you have done for me, you've really simplified my work this morning. And uh, I thank you, both of you, I'm grateful for your thoughtfulness, uh, despite the fact that it came uh, impromptu, trust me. I don't prepare for things like this. You just told me to, to bring the two of you up as, and stimulate the conversation. And I believe everyone is listening. I'm going somewhere. By the time we get there, you would understand and be able to tie all of this together. Now, Professor told us what it takes to establish a university. Let us assume that most of the people in our generation that established university, especially churches, let us assume they did maybe 10% of what Professor uh, is talking about. Let, mm. Let's assume that they went that far because I don't think they went that far, okay? So I hear things like, oh, if you go to Covenant University, you graduate, they are always hot. And I look at the economy, I look at the country, where is the hotness? The hotness starts and ends with you get a job and then, and then what? Just like you had said. Now, let us assume that they did just 10% of what Professor, you know, uh, 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 talked about. Does it make sense that after doing about 10% of what Professor talked about, okay, at the very least, you went to CAC, you got a name for the university, you spoke to your church members to raise money, like Professor talked about. Maybe you were not detailed in your uh, curriculum and all like Professor talked about, maybe, okay, or they are not done their full uh, homework to establish an endowment fund. We don't have any endowment fund in Nigeria, sadly. Our universities are running by our spirit list like, like uh, Professor alluded to. Now, uh, after going through this kind of work to have university as a church, does it make sense for the same church to stand aloof in politics to, and then to say, well, we, all we need to do is just to pray for God to give us leaders. Why didn't they pray when they wanted to have the university? Or is my logic poor? Is it a case of, okay, because it's a university, we have to, we have to show some appearance of work. But when it comes to the most critical part, government governance and uh, taking care of widow and being, you know, uh, you know, being, you know, forthcoming and to do something, taking care of children, establishing hospitals, not waiting for government to do things and all of that, sponsoring scholarships and researches and all of those works that will establish and put the, the country on the front burner of product, productivity. Now, does it make any logic that in this most critical aspect, all that we say in our churches is to pray, pray so that God will bring a leader to us. Does it make any sense? 
I think praying for focusing the efforts if of the church on on praying for leaders sort of like um starting the race in the middle or at the end um and so i would say no it doesn't make much sense i think if the church is operating as it should it should start to address the issue at at the source um instead of of trying to um, do what I see as, as, as mend an already broken or dire situation by praying for um, better leadership and, and, and reducing, reducing their role to um, reducing their role to one that's reactive instead of, instead of proactive. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Because I was thinking something was wrong with my head. My last question goes to Professor. You told me about your father, how he was instrumental to establishing or instrumental to establishing university, Obafemiao Law University. Um, and, uh, being a daughter of a professor and a professor yourself, uh, you must have been vast with that environment. The way our university, okay, established, you know, was where our universities were established at the very beginning, 60s, 70s and all, and people graduated. And the way our universities are presently constituted in Nigeria, especially the, the ones established by the church, okay? Uh, which of these two do you find more impactful to the country? Oh, those, it's, it's those ones that were, that were established in, you know, in the 60s, in the 70s, you know? I was just a child then, but it was just as good as being in the university was just as good as living anywhere in the world. That was it, it was just as good as that. We had, uh, com the community was international. My, my, even my primary school, you know, I mean, we were all mixed, it was international. My, my headmistress was American, you know, even in that, you know, people came from different places, different countries and all that. It was, it, it was a completely different thing. And then at that point, you know, when, when, that, you know, when the universities were set up in those days, they had a, they had a different, from what, I, from what I heard my father and his, his, um, his colleagues, his friends, you know, from what I heard them, saying and you know, speaking because I was always I was always sitting with them you know talking I learned a lot from them at you know like practically sitting at their feet the focus for the university when they started it when they set it up was for it to be self-sustaining the university of Ife had a different master plan 
than what other universities had. And today, there has been a, a, you know, a, almost a lot, a lot of the things that had been put in the plan originally have been shut down. The university then had a sawmill. We had a commercial farm. They had, you know, they were green centers. They produced, we produced drugs in the faculty of pharmacy, you know, and that kind of a thing. You know, it was the idea there was in the food science and tech, you know, place they had, they were producing everything, bread, all kinds of things, you know, as staff, as students, you could go there and buy these things. They were productive. They were producing different varieties of peanuts that were, they were so big. All, all kinds of things, you know, were going on. And the vision was that the university would eventually be self-sustaining through grants, through research, through um, making some of their um, research findings um, productive, you know, either you, they sell the, the, the patents or they sell the, the IP or whatever. But today that that has, it has died. Even the universities that had that, at least the University of Ife where I went, where I lived most of my life, you know, I, I saw the transition from what it was to, you know, especially when the government took over, you know, it was a different ballgame because before the government took over, it was the Western state government or something that was, you know, running the university yes. was beautiful. But I, I learned a lot of principles from there, but now it is a different thing entirely, completely different. They're not looking to themselves of things. They expect money to come from everywhere. Uh -huh. You know, from somewhere. Uh -huh. and, and, and that's the, the pain I have in my heart concerning academics. Academics have been, I don't know, the, the, the academics that we have, we, we are so myopic, you know, we can't, we can't see further than paying our salaries, you know, and, and yet we are, they're so skilled. These people have, I don't know how to, they, they have um, a, a gold mine of knowledge in different things, you know, in different areas, and yet none of the, the researches or anything is, yeah, is, 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 is um, ending up, you know, in some kind of production, very little. Thank you so much, ma. Thank you so much, ma. I want to thank the two uh, of you that joined me. Thank you. I did not, I did not consult any of them before now, and I apologize, and I thank you for your time. Now, you will, all of us listening to this stimulating conversations back and forth. You'll be thinking, oh, is, I mean, what is happening today? We should be praying, we should be listening. Now, what I have gathered is now I'm looking, I'm standing in the finance, I'm putting one leg in the finance aspect, I'm putting the other leg uh, in the church, okay, in the church. Um, starting from the church, one of the most terrible disasters that can ever happen to a nation is for that nation to have bad preachers. 
preachers that have poor logic. Though they've gone to school, but they are very poor logic. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster, a, a major disaster, because they are one of the major cardinals uh, of institutions that shapes a child, shapes a child's uh, ideology, okay, foundation from cradle to the grave. So it, it is terrible when you have uh, a, a when you have a set of preachers that are very poor in logic. Today in the Nigerian banking industry, I make bold to say the largest and the biggest customer to any bank and to the banking, the entire banking industry is the church. They count our money from, from Monday to Sunday. Monday to Saturday. And then by the next Sunday, the bullion vans are going from church to the banking halls. What are they picking? They are picking tithe. They are picking offering. They are picking all manner of uh, contribution and, and, and all of that. They are picking donation. They are picking everything. With this in mind, it is my conceived opinion that a generation that I've seen is foremost preachers go to school and graduate what they should be establishing shouldn't be domes, shouldn't be churches. What they should be establishing is system that works in a country. With the situation of the financial power of the church today, the church can tell Nigerian government, take your hands off elf. We want to face elf and build state-of-the-art hospitals in all the 774 local government of Nigeria or give us primary health centers. We want to take it over completely. I believe strongly that the church has what it takes to finance that or to say, take your hands off education. We want to set up endowment fund that we will be, we will be funding in perpetuity that will take care of research that will make a university self-sufficient and that will make us productive to produce the best and brightest. And they can lastly put their eyes on influencing the polity, government and governance. But what did we see? We saw a generation of preachers that believed from anywhere that belief came from that a Christian must not be, be, be earthly useful. Let me put it that way. That his aspiration is in heaven and his desires should be heaven bound. And so he shouldn't put mouth in politics. Uh, it's a dirty game. It's not supposed to be anywhere. And then uh, when, the, uh, when the country started having terrible leaders, the, the church now started praying, okay? Now started organizing prayer meetings to pray for good leaders. Uh, it, it beats my imagination on how logic is not working on this side of the divide. You have ceded your ability and power to take decision where it matters, to influence nation where it matters, to speak where it matters. You have to act rather beyond speaking, okay? You have ceded that power to people and then they give you all manner of 
of people to rule. And then the next thing you do is you go to prayer. I got it is a sign of wickedness on the part of our Christian leaders, or it is a sign of poor logic, despite their education. It's one of the two. Something is definitely wrong somewhere. It's not clear to me. And it's, a, it's the foundation of charismatic voodoo. Because the, the theology of Jesus was found in the practical daily living. Which sector did you see that Jesus did not speak to? He spoke to education from the age of 12 by sitting down with rabbi and, and sitting down with them to, to, oh my God, to confound their, their, their wisdom and to, and, to, and to size up the, 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 uh, the, the curriculum in those days to begin to look at the strength, the weight, the value of their curriculum, the, the contents. Of, of their study in their school, okay, in their scholarly school and, 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 and their, their religious schools to begin to, to ask questions that rabbis and university professors of his age, they were thinking, where did this boy get this from at the age of 12? After checking that by the age of 30, he, he, he was sizing up the, 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 the lawyers, he was sizing up the scribes, he was sizing, he was specifically speaking to profession as it relates to the country. And then lastly, he turned to the polity. They started looking at nations, started confronting them with their standard of morality, and he started speaking audaciously to the days ahead. This is the Jesus I know. This is the Jesus I know. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? We did not from 1960 till now. We were having different crusades, different revival, different and all of that. And as we were having that and revival happening, happening in a different structure of our churches and all of that, it was as if that was happening and the, state, and the nation as a whole was declining more and declining more and more and more. Where were the intelligent Christians? What were they doing? And it's the same thing I'm asking Christians of my generation. What are you doing? Whatever we are doing is voodoo. It's, it's just a charismatic, in, uh, 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 intelligent exercise whose impact is not felt or known in a commercial or quantitative measure that can, that can cause major influential change where it matters. We packed ourselves aside like, like sardine and, and, and cocooned ourselves in a place called church, waiting for rapture to happen, waiting for us to die and leave this crooked world. And at every time that we have election, the system, the, the terrible system 
that we did not influence all along. Suddenly, the system provide, produced us three or four terrible leaders, bad eggs. And then we go to church to be praying that God will bring us, give us the best out of the, the, the poor, the poor uh, candidates. Please, does this make any sense to you? I want the comment section to be to be busy. Don't, don't sleep. This is not the time to sleep at all. Because this is the major thing that led us to the place where we are now. Where we cannot intelligently or spiritually decipher divination from divinity. Where as a people of God today, we can we can we can. Uh, represent the Holy Spirit to say that is a dove, to say that is water, to say that is oil, to say that is what is 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 uh, what again? This is where we've we've gotten to that a man of God will empty a, a bottle of oil on someone in the name of deliverance and, 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 and be anointing every part of him from head to breast to private parts to, till you begin to finger the person to the point where you do everything in the name of the Holy Spirit is entering into somebody. You go through that work to set up your church. You go through that work to set up your workforce. You go through that work to give your church a name. You go through that work to grow your numbers, you go through that work to do all of those crusades that you do, and then you left out the nation completely. You 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 so much brainwash your people and your members, okay, to just to just be uh, be productive in the church, and the only time uh, that you that you tell them to do something to the world is to go and get a job so that they can bring tithe and offering to you so that you can be using it for the furtherance of the gospel. People, does this make sense? That's what has made all of us to stand for one denomination or the other and to want to die for a lapel to want to die for logo. If the Holy Spirit is not a dove, it, 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 it will be represented as a dove that is, that, is, that, is, uh, that is upside down. If it's not represented like that, it will be represented as an archive. If it's not represented like that, it will be represented as a oil. If it's not represented like that, it will be represented like water, umiye, that you can put and you can drink. What is wrong with us? that we're putting so much work to these things and we cannot think for once of putting so much work to where major influence is. Are the same church members that we have because of the demand that we place on them to bring money, bring everything to God's, God's bring pipe, bring everything to, to the storehouse, that the storehouse may be full. They decided to ingeniously create uh, things and to create ways to bring in money. 
And part of what they, they do is to go to the highest level of influence, polity, through joining cults, through joining cliques, because you church would not do anything to take them there. And they got, they got there and suddenly you think they will be loyal to you. The only time we remember government and governance is when we want to go and collect title for our land in the, the, that, we, that we bought for the church. The only time that we remember government and governance is when we want to name a university or want to buy a land for university. The only time we remember government and governance is when we want to uh, take permits, permits to do something uh, like a project for the church that is church related. And we cut ourselves away completely. This voodoo must stop. This voodoo must stop. It's not intelligent. Of all the three political parties that that you you line up now, hmm? that you line up, this is twenty twenty three. Who among these three? Who among these three shows show true character of, of, of leadership according to our belief system that we want to vote for? Who among them? And, and don't give me, don't give me uh, best of the worst, please. And the same thing you cast your mind to 2015 as well. When, when we had them line up again, who among them? Who among them? Now, when you go to 2011 as well, so as you see them line up again, who among them? Why must we have a, 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 a curse of, of, of being ruled by Nebuchadnezzar? When, when we have opportunity to be ruled by Joshua, by Daniel, by Joseph, by Nehemiah, why? Even the nation of Israel only, only, only had Nebuchadnezzar to, to, to judge them for once. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't rule over them. You go to 2007, you go to 2003. Since 1999 of civilian, uh, 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 civilian uh, uh, election, tell me what? One product of the church that Christ has been fully formed him, that believes the Bible and has gone to the university to, and his brain is working, tell me just one that, that, that came forward. Just tell me. Since 1999. Till now, how many years? Some 23 years. The church cannot find influence in 23 years and all we are doing is praying. Praying for good person to come out of three bad leaders, bad eggs. Has never been the time that the church 
has not been instrumental to the to the emancipation of his society. If you go and read the appetite, how it stopped, it was the church that stood and gathered together forces. Both white churches, black churches, they agreed an end must come to appetite. If you go to the days of Puritans and Lutherians and, and, and the Quakers, it was in the days of Whitefield and in the days of Wesley, they came together to ensure that the United Kingdom did not go the way of bloody revolution, but revival that affected major industries, major industries. Guinness that everybody is drinking today was established by a Christian. Go and read your book, go and read your history. Cadbury is not a name of a company, it's a name of a, of a Christian. What do we have today? Point to one industry, just point to one industry that the child of God has today that is viable. And it's, and, and it's, a, and it's a contributor of, of employer of labor. Thank you, Professor. Even our home that would come out eh, to come out to say, okay, I am coming out to show myself. The church did not find them to support. I see Professor is mentioning Professor Remy Shunaya. The church did not, no, nothing, no. But the others that came and used our platform for campaign, they knelt down before our fathers and they made answers. I wonder. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder whether we collectively will leave this country better or worse than we met it with our faith. And so when you look at this particular logic, do you find understanding? Do you find logical soundness? And then you will see what divination is doing to us with this poor logic. And this is where I'm going today. A generation that cannot invest in logical soundness will give room for, for flattering and falsehood. That was what Jesus meant when he said, said let your yes be yes and let your no be no. That is logic. It's logical soundness. I remember when we were in school in those days, we would sing, wherever you go, where, wherever you are, do not say yes when you mean to say no. It's a logical, it's a logical moral, contextual uh, 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 song that makes you remember Make sure remember not to establish foolishness, not to enthrone stupidity. Not to look like a knee 
What do you mean? You say, sorry, sorry, I, I meant to say yes here. Yeah. Well, it was actually... When the only thing that will bring full transformation to a life has been taken out of the church, the, does, is, this, is it logical soundness for the church to still expect that the level of Christian living will not decline in a generation? The message of the cross and the person of the Holy Spirit being taken from the church, does it make any sense for the church to now be saying, ha, ah, we don't know what is happening in our society. We don't know why there is moral decadence. We don't know why marriages are crumbling. We don't know why this is happening. We don't know why that is happening. Look at the content of our messages. Look at the matters that are being brought forward to be judged by the people on the earth. Look at what they are judging us for. You and I in the church of the 21st century. Does this show soundness logically? I'm talking to you. Is there a display of divinity among us? Or oh, this is divination? Is, is, is this not synonymous with voodoo? Is, have you seen any voodoo that is logically sound? Please correct me today that there is a voodoo that will find an intelligently stimulating. Please co correct my mind. It's a thin line between divinity and divination. But the thin line can be seen in logical soundness. I'm not talking of brilliance. That when you choose the beginning of a pathway, that pathway that you are choosing must take you to a conclusion that is synonymous or similar to where you started from. How do you want to take a wrong road and you want to get to a, a right destination? Does that, does that make any sense logically? A generation that believes so much in, in the fools more than God himself invests so much business so much, economy so much, in handkerchief, in anointing oil, in, 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 in prayer meetings. In sentiments. Much more than knowing their God. And invest so much in looking for pastors to pray for them. It's only in Nigeria you will find a, a seemingly intelligent man in a very foolish, under a very foolish pastor. Oh, yes, I said so. It, it, does it even make sense 
Isn't it divination? Isn't it voodoo? Isn't it uh, uh, that somebody is doing us? That your warehouses will become a church? Thank you. That woman is making sense to me. Which, which country in the world have you seen that is elevated by religion? Righteousness exalts nation, not religion. And righteousness will not be found in you turning your warehouses to, 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 to churches. The Quakers didn't do so. So why are you doing that? Is this not divination? Is this not charismatic voodoo? In the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, did Jesus pray to God that he should just separate us from the world and, and he should just cocoon us in a place called church and, and put us there and we should not have any contact uh, with the world. We should just be there. We should just be doing our home. Did he not pray that he should not take us from the world but he should keep us from the evil one? Was that not the basis of the prayer of Jesus? Is it not voodoo that the Jesus you believe in, you are now running away from being contaminated? The Jesus that you believe in, the Jesus that went everywhere was not afraid of contamination. The Jesus that the early churches that they believed in and they went everywhere, that they were the ones that the world was afraid of, of contaminating them. They were not afraid that the world would contaminate them. In my generation, an average believer is, is, so, is much more aware of sin than the love of God. The average, my average believer is much more afraid of being contaminated. You, you are using bulletproof car. You tell your members to believe in God. You you, uh, you pack your children as pastor, you pack your children overseas to go and study. Then you, you begin to tell your own people here. To pray for leaders. Is it not voodoo? Is it not a deliberate attempt to sabotage a movement or a nation? You tell your members to buy your stickers and put it on, 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 on at the doorpost of their houses. Yet, you, pastor, you are using bodyguard. Is it then logically sound for a people to still be patronizing such churches? It's our yes, our yes.
Is it, so, is it logically sound? That a believer will say, He believes God. And that's why he's different from a demon or he's different from a non-believer. Is that logically sound? Do demons not believe God? Yes or no? Do demons believe God? Somebody help me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I've been looking for you. Thank you, ma. They believe and even tremble. James chapter 2, verse 19. Anybody that has it should drop it here. They believe. So what's the difference? I believe God. I I, I believe God. Is that logical soundness, ma? Is that logical soundness, people? I need you to be looking at the, the same line between divination and divinity that we need to put, we need to logically put an end to this charismatic zoom, this charismatic zoom or stop. You believe that there is there is there is one God. You do well. Mm. I love this, you do well. It's like uh, uh, somebody telling him, Nado, mm-hmm. now I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, what, uh, that's what James is telling us. Mm-hmm. Even the demons believe and travel. Say, oh, the major distribution factor between a child of God and a devil is that, uh, I mean, a child of God, uh, you know, uh, he, he, I mean, he, you know, uh, he knows, he knows, he knows God, he knows Jesus. Do demons know Jesus? Please, somebody answer me. Do demons, do devils know Jesus or not? You can believe all you want, that there is one true God. That's wonderful. But even demons know this and tremble with fear before him. You even know, you even know that there is one. You even believe in God, you don't tremble. They, they believe, you, you believe God. And you don't, they believe God and they tremble. You, you believe God, you don't even tremble. Sometimes I think these demons are better than some of us Christians. You see, divination against divinity. Thank you. You know him. The devil that spoke to the sons of Scephas, uh, the seven sons of Scephas, said, Jesus, we know. Jesus, we know. So tell me, people. With the exception of Professor and with the exception of Tolu, somebody tell me here. What is that distinguishing factor? What what, what 
create a true believer from them. What can a true believer do that a demon can never do? What can, what can a true believer do that a demon can never do? That's one. Repent. I will put it like this. Believe in God. They believe God, but they don't believe in God. Do you think they are, they are, they are different or they are the same? Are they the same? To believe God and to believe in God. And you tell me something about a story. I can stand to say, Ebube, I believe you. But, sorry, I don't believe in you. I believe in God. It's different. A demon can never believe in God. A demon can never repent. Devils don't repent. Devils don't repent. This is a major distinguishing factor between divination and divinity. Our charismatic rule does not make us to know that we must confess and forsake a sin. All we do is to go back to our vomit and we use the grace of God to justify our wickedness and our, I call it wickedness, not weakness. It must stop. You know that God has taken you to a place where he has helped you to surmount some weakness. Yet, you know, you know when you walk into these things with your two feet, you walk into it. And then you come back, you begin to say, it's the devil that took you there. Excuse me, let's be intelligent. Let's be intelligent. I plan out to get a girl in the room. I plan out to make the phone call. I plan out to do all of the things. I put in the work. I called her. I told her where to meet me. I told her all of these things. And we met in the hotel and we had sex. And I got out. And for one reason or the other, Akaratu Seko, which means Yan Pepe Scatter Scatter. People got to know that DB has done this. And suddenly they called me. What happened? And I told the whole world, sorry, is the devil. Oh, how unintelligent. Are we? You are a preacher. Assassins are running after you. They are chasing you with bullets. You, things are happening. And then you took up the mic. The only thing you have to say is that, well, they, they want to kill you. Uh, God, 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 God is the, is, the, is the judge. Excuse me, is that intelligent? Because the first question I will ask you is, your Jesus that you even believe in, as I said, did not run after him in his days. So what, what did you do? Where did you go? Who want to kill you? Are you that consequential to a country? You know that you have thought something and they are running after you. Demons don't believe in God. They cannot repent. A situation where a child of God does not know how to confess and forsake a sin or a particular weakness or a thing to ask God and to confess, confess, confess. Bible says confess your sins one to another that you might be healed.
But confession has left us so we don't know how to confess. That's one sign of charismatic voodoo. Don't know how to confess. You err doctrinally. You do not think you owe anybody. You don't think you owe anybody any accountability to come before the person and, 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 and revisit the matter. We had some of our great fathers of faith that we trust and we believe in in this generation. Some of them came out to say that anybody that does not pay tithes will go to hell. Did you, did you, did you remember? Did you, or maybe it's only me. Uh -huh. This is where we begin to now keep quiet. Too. This is where we now begin to say, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Is that, is that statement, is it, is it, <laughs> hey, is that statement Christ-worthy in any way, shape, or form? I remember the ministry that told us that we should not be wearing earrings, we should not be wearing anything, that because uh, in heaven there are streets of gold. Till now, that ministry has not revisited that matter, to put that matter, to, to, to lay it to rest, and to address it ethically. We say things and we feel we can just go away with it. They come to us, they trace stolen money to the church confirm that it is stolen only for our pastors to say they did not force the people to bring the money and no correction was made no nothing nothing whatsoever and you say anything you say well it's at least they are our fathers in the lord let's cut back let's take it meanwhile when any of us the children when we do something, they want the way they want to discipline us, they want to discipline us like they should kill us. It is charismatic voodoo. It's not a just scale, it's not a balanced scale. It's not a balanced scale that people that are the, the leaders are oppressing the people and then towards election they will work they will work with strange boldness into the church to meet our fathers and they will they will give them audience on our on our on our podium the people that they are made to suffer for three years because there is campaign now they can they would hold and and our and we we will give them audience in the church we will scream we will shout we will be shouting 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 the forgotten when they used us they forgotten the suffering they forgotten and they come and we them and our fathers will tell them to kneel down we'll pray for them ah, ah. this is voodoo This is unintelligent. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. What kind of anointing, what kind of Christian living do we profess with this kind of wicked life? Because I just call it wickedness.
when divination is beginning to look like divinity, when the repentant is a child of God is beginning to look like demon, in that he cannot repent, is as incorrigible as an ostrich. He does a thing, he just, he just, he just put a bold face, put up a face. He sings, then gets to, to God in a secret place. He doesn't think that it is sanctified common sense to revisit the matter before God and to confess and to seek for forgiveness and to and to thoroughly ask that is God should give him the grace to, to, to forsake. And it is something that he needs to restitute. He will take steps to go and make proper restitution. But no, no. We are familiar like the familiar spirits. There must be an end to this charismatic voodoo. True Christian liberty must locate us in our generation. Say amen. The second thing that a demon can never do, please, someone help me. The second thing that a demon can never do The second thing that the demon can never do. Anything that comes to mind, just help me. That's repentance. That's repentance. Receive Christ, repentance. Believe in God, repentance. So it's one and the same thing. If I, you were the one that mentioned the first one. Reminds me of a student that they say define irrigation. They say irrigation is the process of irrigating. <coughs> demons won't say the truth. Ah, man, demons will say the truth though. When demons stand before God, the government of God, the foundation of his throne is truth. The devil does not lie before God. He cannot even do it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He stood before God in the matter concerning Job, the things he said to God. God didn't say he was lying. Do you understand me? Do you understand me, ma? The devil can say the truth once in his lifetime and he stands in an environment that God is standing. The environment of God compels him to tell the truth. But outside that, the only resources he has is lies. So they can say the truth. Acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus, that's still repentance. One thing that the demon cannot do he cannot trust God. No. He cannot trust God. He cannot trust God. And most of us are fast becoming that kind of, 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 of thing. Most of us are moving away from divinity and we are entering, sliding deeper into the deepest end of divination. Divination will believe that there are some works that you have to do. 
There are some things, there are some legalistic, charismatic voodoos that you have to do. You have to fast, you have to pray, you have to do this, you have to do that. I've seen people fast for 40 days, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I've seen, I've told you the story before of my Christian brother that fasted for 40 days for one prayer point to overcome sexual sin, for his libido to be conquered. When he finished that fasting on the 40th day, he was, he was to break his fast. It was Sister Polar Shade that he used to break. It was when I knocked the door, Neoju Brother Toka, his brother's eyes open. When I knocked the door, and brother was already seeing himself on top of the room. Say, how did I get here? How did I get here? God is just trying to show you that some things, it's not by work. So, the Holy Spirit will not finish a work inside of you. You are finished. And if the work, <laughs> It's such that you are in a hurry. You did not wait for him to do the first work and the final full work. <laughs> then you are completely finished. Some of us, the way we are living our lives is showing that everything has to be, has to be, there has to be some element of human influence, element of human connection, element of, uh, you know, uh, human element of trust in, in your bank account, element of tr- what, what, you, what, you, what you can see, what you can see, what you can see, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, uh, your faith is not substance of things hoped for anymore. No, you, your own seeing is, is, is believing, okay? When believing should actually be seen. Your own sin is, is, is believing. Or what am I saying? Your own believing is actually seeing that, oh, if I don't see it like Thomas, uh, I know they, te- they told me that uh, there is a mark on your body, but I must see it. Let me see it. So, so Thomas's uh, uh, believing was seeing when he's seeing, should actually be believing. That no, not seeing it at all. He's believing because God has said it and he trusts in him. We want to, want, to, want to be very quick to talk about Abraham blessing. Abraham blessing Tamar. Abraham blessing. Is Abraham trusting? Is he yours? Is Abraham trusting mine? Is it? There are many of our churches that trusting God for project, trusting God for life is out of the window. When they are praying for something, they are already pressing button on how the money will come. They do more of planning than praying. Devils can never trust Jesus. They can trust God. And children of God are fast entering into that divination. Must be delivered from charismatic voodoo. When I talk of charismatic voodoo, I know that you might be thinking, oh, those that will go to Babich. No, 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 no. I told you there's a thin line between divination and divinity. The to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of, of life. They were in the midst of the garden, in the same place. That is what we are talking about. That is how sensitive divination and divinity pairing together. And it's very difficult. They live in the same, it's the same leaf. It's the only difference. You find it in the root, you find it in the fruit. The, the root you cannot see. 
the fruit you can see. Do you understand what I'm saying today, please? We cannot, as a people, rise above these things if God will not help us. It is voodoo if Christ cannot fully be formed in us and if we cannot show through our level of intelligence the highest level of influence that Jesus has given to us, the saints are given the kingdom. If all we do is speak Christianese and, 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 and invest our Christian life in anointing oil, in archive, in all those things, at the expense of knowing our God is a voodoo. If all we do is believe God, demons believe. It's all, if all we do is, 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 is uh, know God, uh, they know God too. We must be truly repentant people. And we must be trusting. These are the two major hallmarks of divinity. That's why I led that prayer that we must be delivered in this nation. From foolishness. Now I need you to push with me. I need you to rise up wherever you are to push with me. For some minutes, I need you to push with me. That God will help you. God will help me to put an end to every unintelligent and illogical Christian living. A Christian living that is fast looking like demon. God, please take it away from me. Help me to be, to be full of your understanding. Remove foolishness far away from me. Help me to be to be someone that is responsible, that can be held accountable by the word of God, that can rise up and act it, and not only be passive, can leave it to the point where I stand before him and I confess my sins and I forsake them, and if possible, I make restitution, and I don't go back to it, and even if need be that I stand and confess publicly before people, I'm willing to do that. Help me. I want to look like demons. Help me. 
that your divinity inside of me will not be divination. Help me, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me not pass this kind of Christianity to my children. Terrible Christianity, foolish Christianity, Christianity that enthrones self and gives so much credence to work above trusting God. Help me to trust you. Help me, Lord, to trust you. To hold your word more than the word of my pastor. To hold your word. To hold your word and to to be patient enough for the working inside of me by your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord Jesus, to be trusted, to trust you, my God. Help me. Help me not to become fool of myself. It's a sign of divination. A sign that makes you think that you are above the word of God. But every other person is below the word of God. That you are above the law of God. And everybody is below your whole law. That you can judge them, but they can't judge you. Lord, help me. Oh, help my generation to give birth to set of Christians that will be intelligent to your glory. Hey, Christians that will live the life of Christ, Christ being formed in their character, in their lives, and they will influence practically a nation in government, in governance, in industry, in all other major aspects of life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The churches in those days, they were the ones, a lot of them were the ones that established at the universities that we call Ivy League today go to Princeton. It was established by a church movement. Go to Harvard, Cambridge, established by a church movement. You could see when lawyer was talking the other time, Fumi was talking, he was saying there is something that is called doctrinal something. I kept quiet. Does that not look or sound theological? Doesn't that show to you that there is an epitome of of church sponsoring most of the schools, sponsoring fellowships, sponsoring research work, sponsoring scholarly research and thesis and, 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 and all of those things, do we find such anymore? Your generation must do better. My generation must do better. We must begin to ask questions where it matters. We must begin to ask intelligent questions in the church. And when you find that they are not giving you the right answer, Jump out of that place. Let your leg do the talking. Don't let them chain your feet. Don't let them chain your lips. Jesus was not chained. He was going from place to place. He was going from place to place, establishing the truth and seeking the truth to be established. 
What do we do? They've told us to sit cool in the church under AC, not even thinking of going to establish truth in, in major places. We just start down there. No, it's chains that is in your feet, and you must remove it in the name of Jesus. Your feet must be free in the mighty name of Jesus. Your mouth must be free. Your voice must not be silent in this season. Your children are watching. Your children will tell your children what kind of story do you want them to say. Help me, Lord, to hear you. Help me to understand you. Help me to become you, your son. Help me to become, to become, to become. And help me to do great exploits. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Help me, help me, Lord. Help me. In the name of Jesus. Fathers have left the scene. Whatever you are seeing is shadows. God has blessed their work and God is taking them home one after the other. We will be the one. It will be our, I don't want to say it will be our tongue. Our generation will be on the front burner. What kind of Christian living do you want to project? The one that, uh, the one that embraces the church above our civil responsibility or the one that empowers our voice and makes us to be people that will be accountable to the word of God and that will be able to hold the system of our days to accountability. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you blessed today? Are you blessed today or you are sleeping? Were you pleasantly surprised the way the conversation started today? <laughs> Have you started thinking of how you have contributed to this charismatic voodoo of a thing? Have you, have you started looking at it and how you will stop it by the grace of Almighty God? This voodoo, when we can't talk, when they do something in the church and we say, oh, do touch, touch not my anointed, it is voodoo. There is a bewitchment on us. There is hypnotism on us. <laughs> Your voice must not be lost. A voice must not be lost in this season. That voodoo must stop over you and your generation, over you and your family, over me, over everything that we have and own. Jesus stopped him in, in his days. Except the spirit is not talking, speaking through him. It was didn't show any slightest chance of being a coward. Even the five lepers, they, they, 
they they were more courageous than our, than, than my than my generation than, my, than the church of my generation. So if I move forward, I die. If we sit here, we die. Let us move forward and go and die. Choose to have your voice back. Choose that your voice will not be buried. Choose that your voice will speak and we have a sure witness before God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Your Christian living must be very practical. My Christian living must be very, very practical. If I'm a child of God, I must get into the world and not be afraid of being contaminated. Trust in God and be ready to make amends, to confess and to forsake and not going back to my vomit. Being ready to be held accountable so that if I make any money or if anything happens, I'll be able to stand before the people of God and explain how I got my money. And I'll be very responsible with the choice of my words and with the way I use the grace of God so that I don't use it for nudity or lewdness. So I don't, I don't use it for rubbish. I don't justify stupor. I don't justify lukewarmness and laziness and sin of any vice or guys. I begin to, you know, I, I, I begin to find myself in a place where I'm accountable to God. Must have a practical Christian living. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let your light shine before men so that they can do work, can see your good work. Glorify your Father in heaven. Excellence must trail us. Must be our work in the name of Jesus Christ. You pray. Excellence. Creativity. Innovation like never seen before. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to reduce my Christian work to numbers. Oh, now I can pray for five hours. Now I can pray for 10 hours. Now I can read the Bible from so and so. Now I can do this. All those are numerical skills. They are just, they are just, quantitative matrix representation of our work in God. No. Let me show the qualitative. Help me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Wow, was it helpful?
Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' mighty name, we pray. While Professor was speaking, I perceived in my spirit that someone was healed of lump. I saw all this uh, growth in the body, small, small growth, like extra, extra flesh. Okay, so it will look like uh, something like a small lump. The Lord is healing that person of, of that particular uh, issue in, in his or body in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for your time in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for the trust, the opportunity to learn together. Thank you, Professor. Thank you for me, for giving in the opportunity to learn at your feet. Thank you so much. God bless you. God keep you. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.